Son and Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to Christ. Trying to save you there. We have come to the midpoint of the fast, the week of the cross. This is where, if we had zeal at the beginning, desire, energy, where things start to uh, sputter, and where those little resentments and desires that maybe we had in that day for a week or two start uh, to roar back. And the church and her wisdom puts before us the cross, the life-giving cross, the invincible trophy, the weapon of peace, what our Lord used what he accomplished, what he suffered, what he, for love of us, endured for our salvation and gave us as not just the symbol, because it's not just a symbol, but the entirety of his economy of salvation for us. Everything that we have is wrapped up in the cross. All of our salvation worked out in fear and trembling before the cross as we ourselves uh, have to mount up like our Lord did our own cross, the various crosses that are put in our life. And there is, as I mentioned on Sunday, a kind of mystification in the eyes of the world. This just doesn't make sense. As we heard in one of the hymns, that encouraged one aspect that Lent specifically puts before us is in almsgiving, uh, fasting, and of course increase of prayer. There is in the hiddenness, because we're supposed to, as our Lord tells us, do all of these things uh, as if hidden. We do not go about blowing the trumpet before us as we pray, We do not go about blowing the trumpet as we give, as we sacrifice. We do not go about blowing the trumpet and drawing attention to the fact that we're fasting. There is, in all of this hiddenness, a depth that is required of us. Our Lord knew in giving us, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, these commands, not just, you know, word to the wise, but commands, how much we as humans like to take everything that is good, like to twist it a little bit. We like to behold ourselves in the mirror and we kind of reshape things according to our desire. And we have a particular ability to do this for those of us in the church. This is why our Lord gives us specific commands about the hiddenness of fasting, of prayer, and of almsgiving. Because he knows that we can take these things, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, and we can do a lot of odd uh, manipulations that might not look like it's a trumpet blowing, but we figured out a way to blow that trumpet anyways, to draw attention to ourselves to make those little comments, to drop those hints of our ascesis, 
our piety, our sacrifices, how hard things are. And yet our Lord tells us to not go about drawing attention to any of the things that we're doing and following him. There's one passage of scripture that was always confusing to me growing up. It's also found in the Gospel of Matthew, where our Lord says, do not throw your pearls before swine, because they will turn and rend you. They will destroy you, because they don't understand what it is that you have given. Tito Colliander, in his book on asceticism, The Way of the Ascetics, which is a nice distillation of the wisdom of the fathers, I encourage you, you would have time to read it with the rest of Lent and the Holy Week, if you have it on your shelf, to pick it up again. Especially as we come to the midpoint, and we all need a little pick-me-up. Maybe some of us need maybe a, a nice little kick in the pants or an encouraging word to say, get back up on the horse and keep moving. But Tito, in his book, The Way of the Aesthetics, talks about what exactly it is that means to throw a pearl before swine. And that is especially because when we, I'm sure some of you, I know I did, there's an aspect when you start Lent, you get halfway through. Every time you're convicted, you feel like you have to tell somebody. You have got to just talk about it, what your conviction is or what your plans are. And I'm not talking about the actual practical day-to-day with your spouse or your family. I'm not talking about that. But there it is in the wisdom of the church. When we, and this is that kind of like tricking of ourselves, Uh, that we, so much of our walk before Christ is a lot of words that we talk about what we're going to do or what we would like to do or what we're convicted of, drawing attention to ourselves, grand plans, and then, of course, in doing that, we've thrown our pearls out and then we get nothing back. Because there's this this odd thing where we have spoken, I'm going to do this thing, and there's something inside of us that gets that little, like, ah, yes, I've I've accomplished something. I've talked about it. And then the follow-up just kind of peters away because we had great ideas. Well, if that is the point where you're at, and it's midway through Lent, uh, I encourage you to wash your face secretly find some way to give, to sacrifice, and enter into the depths of the closet and shut the door and find Christ there. Don't just throw all of the precious insights, the ways in which God has enlightened you, don't just throw them out to not receive anything back, but to think that we are showering the world with our great insights or plans, and yet we receive nothing. There is in this hiddenness, in this struggle of not drawing attention to ourselves or being able to go into the depth where Christ 
resides within us and is always present. He's closer to us than we are to ourselves, as St. Augustine tells us. This is where we will find rest. This is where we will find refreshment. This is where we'll find that, that desire that got sidetracked into all the other things, where we can find Christ hidden in the cross, Christ hidden in his commandments, Christ hidden in others, Christ hidden in the depths of our heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.